You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. complacency come over to church. Jesus is still getting ready to return. We must not be lackadaisical. John's message today is as important as it was when the Apostle John recorded it. Be prepared. Be in preparation. Make straight the way to the Lord. John's message is simply make straight, prepare, make smooth, clear the way for the Lord. A voice calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make a smooth place in the desert, a highway for our God. As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be challenging you to be prepared for the second coming of Jesus. The message of John the Baptist is the same message for today. Prepare the way of the Lord by being a light in the darkness and point people to Jesus for salvation. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 1 as he continues his message, A Voice Crying in the Wilderness. If you remember, John the Baptist was born into a priestly family. His father, Zechariah, was a priest belonging to the tribe of Levi. And if you remember, John the Baptist was a cousin of Jesus Christ, born some six months before. And it's interesting that both John the Baptist and Jesus were miracle babies, babies of promise. Both died in their early 30s. John's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, like Abraham and Sarah, like Hannah, were older and never had children. While we know Mary's story, she was a virgin and conceived the Son of God through the Holy Spirit. But God had already began, God had already began, God had already begun His plan for redemption long before Jesus' miraculous birth. The prophets foretold of a coming Messiah. All through the Old Testament, you read of a coming Messiah, one that would come, one that would redeem Israel, one that would be the intermediary between Israel and God, people and God, one that would come. The message has always been the same. Azarit birit. Be prepared. For centuries, the prophets screamed this. The prophets were killed for this. We know from previous verses, like verses 6 through 8, when we studied them, John the Baptist was sent by God to bear witness of the light, the true light that had come. He was sent with a message. Prepare the way for the Lord. This was the message of John the Baptist. And this is the message I want to bring to you today as we make it applicable to our lives today. Let's go back and look at verses 19 and 20. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. The nation of Israel was longing for a Messiah. Sadly, they still are. They're longing for a Messiah, the one who was foretold that would come. They wanted to be liberated from the Romans. They wanted to be given 
freedom. So the leadership, the Sanhedrin, the council, the Pharisees said, hey, maybe this Baptist fellow, you know, the one that runs around in crazy clothing, looks like a prophet, eats honey and locusts, you know, that crazy guy out in the the desert? Who knows? He could be the one. Some of you guys go out and ask him that question. Don't you love it how a group of guys always in charge send someone else to ask the questions that they want to know? Why is that? I don't understand that. So, these Jews went out. They were priests. They were Levites. And they went out to ask John. They were sent to find out who he was. Look at their question. It was simple. Who are you? Who are you? Verse 20, we read that John immediately, immediately, doesn't even hesitate. He frankly and emphatically denies that I am not the Christ. I am not him. He denies that. I am not the Christ. He immediately confesses that he is not the long-promised Messiah, the Redeemer of Israel. Now, suppose this was you or I. I mean, if I was John the Baptist and they asked me who I was, I'd say, what do you mean who I am? Don't you know who I am? What do you mean you don't know who I am? I'm a priest. I'm a prophet. I was miraculously born to Elizabeth and Zechariah. I've been called by God. I've been chosen by God. I've been sent by God. I'm the one that Isaiah and Malachi prophesied. I'm the forerunner of the Messiah. That's who I am. John didn't do that. John did not do that at all. John simply and eloquently and quite quietly says, I'm not the Christ. Brothers and sisters, may I say this? This is when we find our true identity. When we come to the realization that we are not the Christ. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, yo, Dave, I don't think I'm the Christ. I don't think that way. Oh, really? You think you can handle your own life? Are you in charge of your own life? Do you work at your job perfectly all by yourself? Do you raise your children all by yourself and say, look what I did on your own experiences? Or maybe you can work at your marriage and relationship because you have your own ability. If this is you, guess what? You're saying, I'm the Christ. You're saying that. But if you realize that you're not the Christ then you can be the person who spends significant time in prayer because you know the Word of God. You know Jesus saying in John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know that. John the Baptist knew that. When you come to this realization, when you put away your can-do attitude, sorry, Navy, When you put away your can-do attitude, when you put away your can-do mentality, and you realize that you can do nothing apart from Christ, I believe that is when the true Christian life begins. I believe that is when true Christianity meets the road. And may I add, that is when you experience the true freedom of Jesus Christ. When you realize that you're just not all it. That Christ is your all in all. 
And yes, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. When we rest and we trust in the finished work of the cross that there is absolutely nothing else we have to do, wow, the freedom that exists in that is incredible. You guys had a great teaching on that specific topic yesterday. Trusting and resting on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It is so important. So important. But in verse 21, the question continues. In question, look at verse 21. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he said, no. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the prophet? Now, what are they speaking of here? Moses in Deuteronomy 18, 18 predicted and prophesied that a prophet would come. A prophet would come. They're saying, are you that prophet? And John said, no, I am not. I am not. And there must have been some frustration on their part. There must have been some frustration on their part because they look around and they go, well then, if you're not Elijah, and if you're not that prophet, then who in the heck are you? Who are you? Then, and look at verse 22. Then they said to him, Who are you? That we may give answer to those who sent us. Why? What do you say about yourself? It's just they're saying, Hey, John, we've been sent by some pretty important people, and they want some answers here. They want some answers, so who the heck are you? Tell us so we can go back and report to them. We don't want to go back looking like Moses and go, We don't know who he is. We want to have some things to say. Tell us, please. John's answer is nothing less than astounding. It is nothing less than astounding. Let's read verse 23. He said, John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. John not only knows who he is not, but he knows exactly who he is. He knows his calling. He knows what he is supposed to do. He is not the Christ. He is just a voice. A voice crying in the wilderness. And here John the Baptist quotes from Isaiah 40, verse 3. This was John's identity, and he was extremely happy. He could have thrown all kinds of things out there, like we said. He could have said, hey, he's my cousin. I know this guy. He didn't use any of that. He said, I'm just a voice. And he pointed to the prophet Isaiah, the great prophet Isaiah, still respected to these days as one of the greatest prophets. But little did they know that Jesus will call John the Baptist the greatest prophet. A voice crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. So many of you have come to me so many of you are searching, who am I? What's my identity? Who am I? We go through crisis after crisis. We go through search after search. And we look in all the wrong places. We're searching for that perfect job, the perfect place to live. We're searching for that perfect mate. What should I do? Where should I go? Who should I go with? It's a constant game that we play in our mind. We must come to the realization that no matter where we work, no matter where we are, 
No matter who we are with, we are not the Christ. We are not Elijah. We are not the prophet. We are simply a voice. And that voice is meant to talk to whomever comes our way about the person, nature, and soon return of Jesus Christ. That is what we are called to do. Did you know that wilderness is a pretty important word in the Bible? It's there, it's there some 306 times in the Bible. Wilderness. So I looked it up. Wilderness means a wild, uninhabited, and uncultivated region. Yeah. But it also can mean a confused mass. It can mean a confused mass or a collection of a confused mass. It can be something characterized by bewildering vastness, perilousness, and unchecked profusion. Now, the big word profusion simply means quantities. So, to quote the Coneheads, we live in a time of mass quantities of confusion. There's mass quantities of confusion going on in our lives, folks. Mass quantities. We live in perilous times, and my fear is, is that we will become complacent now that most of us have gotten our way in the election, as if we had something to do with it. I don't want to see complacency come over to church. Jesus is still getting ready to return. We must not be lackadaisical. John's message today is as important as it was when the Apostle John recorded it. Be prepared. Be in preparation. Make straight the way to the Lord. John's message is simply make straight, prepare, make smooth, clear the way for the Lord. A voice calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make a smooth place in the desert, a highway for our God. Interesting that make smooth in the Old Testament is the word yashar. It means to be right, to be straight, to be level, to be upright, to be just, to be lawful, be smooth. This is not a small significant message in the least. This is a major announcement. This is a major pronouncement. John is preparing them. Get prepared. Your Messiah is coming. Your Messiah is coming. And when we get to verse 29, not only is John going to say, get ready, your Messiah is coming. There he is. This is huge, folks. This is huge. The Messiah is coming. The deliverer is at hand. He's coming. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. The same words that Jesus will say throughout his ministry. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Through John, God is calling the people to ready themselves for the coming deliverer, for the Messiah. Clear the way for the Lord. Prepare yourselves for this long-awaited arrival. And dare I say, we need to prepare ourselves for his long-awaited return. Because Christ is coming. See, John had a deep concern that God's people are not prepared to meet him for salvation. See, in the Old Testament, God was bringing his children out of captivity, out of captivity and pointing the way. And now, God was coming to them. God was coming to his people with redemption. He was coming to accomplish the task of redeeming the world to him. The Lord of heaven and earth is making an appearance. Be prepared. See, think about this. If Jesus was merely a man, his arrival wouldn't necessitate any significant preparation, would it? Well, if he was coming to your house, maybe you'd like to you know, sweep the dust under the rug or something like that. 
But this was a call given to, to God's people before the times. Listen to Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Habakkuk 2, 4. Behold, as for the proud one, Pride is the greatest enemy of man, by the way. His soul is not right, not made straight within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. The prayer of the psalmist in Psalm 5, 8, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. John's cry is important today, folks. John's cry is as important today. We know that the Lord is coming again for his church. We know the Lord is coming again. We know that from Scripture. We know that. We studied that. So the question has to be, are you prepared for His return? Are you prepared? Have you made your way straight? And are you a voice crying in this wilderness to help others find their way? Find their way back. Now, I know that we're all saved. Now, I know that the Lord will take us whether we're ready to or not because He comes as a thief in the night. But I think we should prepare ourselves in several ways. And the first way is to strengthen our faith in His promise. His promise is that I'm going to come for you. Remember, He promised a crown to all those who long for His appearing. The more we learn, the more we will long. That's why we study His Word line by line, verse upon verse, so that we know God. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, once again we see this. The ark has been returned. Or the ark is at, at Kirjath-Jerim. And Samuel now is judging Israel. And in verse, verse 3, Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the asterisks from among you, and prepare your hearts for the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you from the hands of the Philistines. This is what we need to do, folks. We need to put away the things that are hindering us. We need to discard those things that have come into our lives that we have allowed in our lives, a little bit of compromise that has snuck in. We need to get rid of it, send it out, send it on its way so that we can be prepared to meet the Lord. Samuel was saying, okay, nation Israel, it's time to come to repentance. You're going to repent inwardly through your heart. Yes. And if you're repenting inwardly through your heart, I can't tell whether you're repenting or not. I believe you're repenting. But then... You show me that you repentant in your heart outwardly by your actions. Your actions show that you have repented inwardly in your heart. In your heart. And I can't help, I cannot help myself to go back to the name of the movie. Come on. Fireproof. I had to get it up front. Fireproof. His wife caught him on the computer in pornography. He said he gave up the pornography and he never did. And then one day, the Lord really broke his heart. He took the computer out and put it in a trash can and beat the snot out of it with a baseball bat. Those are actions that prove true repentance. That's what I'm saying. Those are actions that prove true repentance. Prepare ourselves. We must make away straight for the Lord. We must clear a path directly to the Lord, ridding ourselves that anything would come in our way. And that's what he said, just like what Joshua said before they went across. Put away the idols from your fathers. Put those away. Choose this day who you will serve. Put away those things. Get rid of anything that's going to come between you and the Lord. When Jesus talks about this in John 14, 1 to 3, he says, you trust in God, trust in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me 
that where also may be where I am, that you may also be where I am. Notice, he didn't say he's coming back to be with us. He's coming back to take us with him. Coming back to take us with him. So the question of the day is, are we prepared? Are we prepared individually? Are we prepared as a church? And are we the voice crying out in the wilderness to others, to help others prepare the way for the Lord? For the Lord is not slack in his promises. If we don't believe that he's coming back again, then we need to take those pages out of our Bible. Because if you take one word out of the Bible, you have to take the whole Bible out. We must believe it all or none of it. It's either all true or it's all a lie. And we know far from it being a lie. It is all true. And we believe God. We have his word on it. We take his word on it. He is ever true. And we can trust in him. He has proven himself time and time and time and time again in all of your lives. And I've seen it. I've seen how he's proven himself to you in all your lives. I've seen it. Things we've prayed for have come true. You've had peace in the midst of terrible circumstances. And some of you are going through horrid circumstances, but you have peace in the midst of it because God is with you. He wants you to know that peace. How do we know that peace? Through His Word. Through His Word. We need to be crying out to those who are around us. Prepare for the Lord. And yes, like John the Baptist, they will think you're crazy. They will think you're mad. But church, please don't be complacent. Well, you know, it's been well over 2,000 years. Holy mackerel, he's coming. No. What's that song in the year 2525? The Lord's coming, either come by now or something like that. I don't know how it goes. I mean, don't get complacent, church. Don't get complacent because that's just what the evil one wants you to do. He wants you to get complacent. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's coming, but, you know, what's the big hurry? Well, you need to read your scriptures. You need to look what's happening in the world today. Another, another 7.4 earthquake in New Zealand this morning. You need to see what's happening before your eyes. And as we've said in our study in eschatology, keep your eyes focused on Jerusalem and Israel. Because that's where it's all going to take place, folks. Watch out what happens there. That's the key. It doesn't really matter what happens in the United States, although it does because we live here, don't get me wrong. But for end times prophecy, keep your eyes focused on Israel. We need to be prepared. We need to be alzrit bi'arit, always prepared in a perpetual state of preparedness, perpetual state of readiness, like the Boy Scouts. Perpetual state of being prepared, ready, in a moment's notice, the twinkling of an eye, everything's going to change. Everything. Amen to that. You are Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.